Welcome to Cars, Trucks, and Bucks on TalkZone.com, the show that's dedicated to saving you money on buying and owning a vehicle. Now, here's your host, Rick Popley. Welcome to Cars, Trucks, and Bucks, where each week we help you make smarter choices about buying and owning a vehicle and save money. Hello, everyone. I'm Rick Popley, your host and proprietor. Glad you can join us. If you are in the market for a new vehicle, or soon will be, have we got a great deal for you. Today, we will talk about the pros and cons of leasing compared to buying a vehicle, a much-debated question that generates a lot of different opinions. My guest will be Tony Giorgiani, a finance writer at Consumer Reports Magazine, who has written extensively on leasing. More than 25% of new vehicle sales are actually leases, but is it the right choice for you? And what are the key considerations you need to make before you decide whether to lease or buy? We will discuss those and other questions, but before we sign on a dotted line for this limited time offer, here is this week's auto news you might be able to use. Toyota not only makes a lot of cars, it also makes a lot of money. Toyota expects to earn a net profit of nearly $17 billion in the current fiscal year, which ends in March. The automaker said Wednesday it earned $4.4 billion in the latest quarter and raised its full-year profit forecast to $16.9 billion. That would be close to a record for Toyota. Last year, Toyota's net profit was $9.7 billion. One reason cited for the increase was higher sales in the U.S., Toyota's most profitable market. The warranty on Ford replacement parts is now for two years with unlimited miles. Previously, it was for one year or 12,000 miles, whichever came first. The two-year warranty covers Ford genuine and motorcraft parts, whether they are installed by a Ford or Lincoln dealer, other repair shops, or by a do-it-yourselfer. If a part is installed by a Ford or Lincoln dealer, the warranty also covers labor and any towing costs if the part fails within two years. If a part is installed by another repair shop and it fails, Ford will cover up to $150 in labor costs to replace it. Do-it-yourselfers will not be reimbursed for their time. Volkswagen will display a diesel-electric hybrid car at the Tokyo Auto Show later this month that it says is capable of getting 214 miles per gallon. That's 214 miles per gallon under European fuel economy standards. Called the Twin Up, this concept vehicle uses a two-cylinder diesel engine and an electric motor powered by lithium-ion batteries. Volkswagen says it can go 30 miles on electric power before the diesel engine takes over. The twin-up is only a concept vehicle, and VW says it hasn't decided if it will produce it for sale. Currently, in the U.S., you can't buy a hybrid vehicle that runs on electricity and a diesel engine. That is because both the hybrid system and the diesel engine cost more than a gasoline engine alone. The price of a car with both has been considered too expensive compared to a gas-electric hybrid such as the Toyota Prius. Stay tuned to see whether that changes. And that is this week's auto news you might be able to use. You've probably seen or heard an ad recently for what sounds like a great deal on a lease. No money down, no deposit, no first month's payment, no worries. Just sign and drive off in a brand new car for only $219 a month. Would you be a fool to pass up a deal like that? Or is it fool's gold? Leasing has rebounded in the last couple of years and now accounts for more than 25% of new vehicle sales and the vast majority of luxury car sales. But is leasing a new car every three years cheaper than buying one and keeping it for several years? Or is leasing mainly a convenience that lets people get a new car more often and not have to worry about repairs. Here to talk about that is Tony Giorgiani of Consumer Reports Magazine. 
He is a finance writer who advises readers on money matters, including whether leasing is a better choice than buying. Welcome to the show, Tony. Thanks. Glad to be here. Thanks for joining us today. Tony, this debate over whether to buy or lease a vehicle has been raging for decades. In a nutshell, where does Consumer Reports stand on this issue? Well, generally, uh, leasing is the most expensive way to buy a new vehicle. Um, uh, I shouldn't say buy, but to acquire a new vehicle, um, all things being equal. In other words, we're talking about uh, an equivalent lease to an equivalent loan. Mm-hmm. So, you know, same interest rate, same vehicle, same down payment, and that kind of thing. And and the problem is that is that people really don't understand leasing very well, and it's very difficult to compare leasing with purchasing using a loan. So people wind up getting on this, this cycle of replacing their car every few years, which, which is what you do under a lease, and, and paying extraordinarily extraordinarily high amounts of money without even realizing it. When you talk about leasing as opposed to buy, uh, buying, I think most people just say, well, yeah, I, I understand that. A lease is a long-time rental versus owning a vehicle. But what, you know, you mentioned this or, or touched on it, what do they need to know about the financial aspects that puts, you know, it on a different uh, perspective? Well, first of all, you really need to understand what leasing is. What what people don't realize is whether you're leasing a vehicle or buying it with a loan, you're financing a vehicle. If it's let's take round numbers, a thirty thousand dollar vehicle, you lease it, you buy it. As soon as you drive it off the lot, you are taking a thirty thousand dollar loan. You're tying up someone's money. Even excuse me, even if on a lease you're not paying the full amount. Absolutely. Well, think about it. Suppose you are. You were giving me someone was leasing a car from you. You're giving thirty thousand dollars to buy that car. You're giving thirty thirty thousand dollar car to that person. Mm-hmm. You're going to be expecting a return for um, for, for that investment. So, so, so if if the lease payments are fifteen thousand, I'm not getting charged just on fifteen thousand. Is what you're right. saying? Right. So okay. it really works two ways. So it's, this, it's a little complicated, but not mm-hmm. to make it difficult to understand. Basically, there's two components to a lease payment. There's the amount you pay back. Mm-hmm. And that's where the big difference is between a loan and a, and a lease. If you, if you take a loan on that $30,000 car, you're paying back $30,000. Mm-hmm. But when you lease the vehicle, you're only paying back the so-called depreciation, the amount of, of the lost value of the car. So instead of paying the entire 30000 back, you're paying maybe $15,000 back. And so so you can see right away that if your payments are based upon paying back, say thirty thirty thousand over thirty six months, three years, or fifteen thousand, obviously the payments for the lease are going to be dramatically less. the The problem is, of course, when you're doing a, when you're paying back a loan, you're not only paying back the the amount of the car that you're sort of using up, but you're building equity in the vehicle so that when the loan is over you'll own the vehicle. With the lease, you return it. So really, from that respect, they're sort of the same. With the, with the $30,000 car, you pay back the entire thirty. With, uh, but you now own a $15,000 car, valued car at the end, so your your net net cost is, is $15,000. With a lease, you're paying back fifteen. You give the car back, it still costs you fifteen. And so from that standpoint, they're technically the same, except that you're also charged interest. And uh, so, you know, if you use that same example, if you if you take a, uh, a lease on a thirty thousand dollar car or a loan, you're being charged interest on the entire amount minus whatever you pay back. And since you're paying back less under the lease, only the depreciation, that leaves a greater amount that's subject to a finance charge every single month and that's what people don't understand so if you take a, a, an equivalent loan with, with compare it to a lease again same same interest rate um, uh, same same every, everything being the same the loan is always going to cost you less because in, in interest because again you're paying back more during that 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 same three-year period and therefore the finance charges every month are going to be less okay I I can get, in some cases, a 0% loan to buy a car. 
Mm-hmm. Can I get a 0% loan on a lease? You know, I, I don't know. I've never actually seen that. Part of the problem is when when you see lease advertisements, they often don't show you what the interest rate is. Oh, I've never seen one. Yeah, uh, and, and you need to call the manufacturer. Well, in our case, being journalists, we have access to the manufacturer. You've got to call the manufacturers. Sometimes they won't even tell you what the parameters are. It's, it's amazing. Um, or you have to check with the dealership. And, of course, they give you this thing called the money factor, which is essentially an interest rate divided to a, you know, a certain period, whether it's mm-hmm. 24 months. They, they use this 24-month screwy calculation or 12 months as with a loan. They may give it to you that way, so you don't even understand what they're talking about. And that's part of the problem. It's really, it's really cryptic. Generally, um, you will find that interest rates for lease vehicles are close to, the, to, to what they would be for a loan, but usually slightly higher because – for the for the for the company that's actually leasing you the vehicle, they're taking on a little more risk. And the reason for that is, as as I said, you're paying the projected loss in value of that car, when, and they have to project that. And if they're wrong, and that car loses a lot more value than, let's say, on that thirty thousand dollar car, instead of it losing fifteen thousand, which is what you're paying, it loses eighteen thousand. They're sort of picking up some risk there. So. Right. You may find that lease interest rates tend to be a little higher. But again, as you're saying, there are all these different types of incentives, whether it's low interest um, on a loan or you get a rebate. Or on the lease, what they do is sometimes they – and it gets more complicated. They subsidize what's called the residual value, which is the leftover value of the car. So instead of it – they say, well, it's going to be worth $15,000. we will give a little subsidy here and say it's going to be worth – 17000 and that reduces the amount that you have to pay back in depreciation, you know, $2,000 less. So they, they, they mess around with the numbers a little bit, and you may not even know how they're arriving at the lease payment that you're getting and how it really relates at all to an equivalent loan payment, and that's the problem. So, so the, a consumer who's, who's looking at it says, well, look, the lease payment – Looks like it's a great deal. It's mm-hmm. half as much or almost half as much as a loan payment. I can get a better car or a new car when I couldn't afford one. This has to be cheap. I'll, I'll, I'll just, just do this. And, and that's how many people acquire vehicles. And the problem with it is that, you know, if you're rich, if you have a lot of money and you do, you got money to burn, you, you don't care if you, if you end up paying more. Right. But many times this is, this is a way to get people to acquire or purchase, again, lease is not technically a purchase, but to, to take on a vehicle that they otherwise could not afford. And it's, it's the same thing with 96-month loans or 84-month loans. We, we've right. gotten in this sort of we've, this trap in this country where you have everybody finding these little sneaky mechanisms to get people to, to whether it's a home or a car or anything else. You remember those those no those interest-only mortgages that help get this nation into trouble. And people wind up thinking, well, look, the monthly payment's low. I can manage that. They don't understand what they're paying. They can't relate it to anything. And and that has social consequences in that people wind up getting it over their heads. Um, And it also allows whoever's selling the product, whether it's a home or or a car or anything else, to raise the price because people don't aren't fixated on the price. They're fixated on the monthly payment. So now you find out that cars cost as much as a house almost to right. buy. And, and it's because people are willing to pay these prices because they think, well, I'm, I'm doing a lease. It's, it's cheap. I get away with that. And what they don't realize is that there really are some significant downsides. Okay. We have to pause uh, here uh, for a break, uh, Tony, but when we come back, I'd like to just uh, go through some of the pros and cons of leasing uh, compared to buying. Sure. Okay. Stay with us, please. We'll have more with Tony Giorgiani of Consumer Reports. Welcome back to Cars, Trucks, and Bucks on TalkZone.com. Here's Rick Hopley. Welcome back, everyone. My guest is Tony Giorgiani of Consumer Reports, the highly respected organization that tests a wide variety of products and advises consumers on the best ways to use their money, including whether buying a vehicle is a smarter choice than leasing one. 
If you have a question or comment, the phone lines are open. You can join the conversation by calling 888-463-6748. That's 888-463-6748. Tony, before the break, uh, you did mention that uh, leasing is one of those things that uh, people who are buying very ex- or acquiring very expensive cars tend to do. Uh, you know, if you look at Mercedes and BMWs, I think the vast majority of them are leased. And people look at that and say, well, if they're doing it, there must be something smart about it. But um, aren't those, those are also are the people who, even if leasing does cost more money, so what? They can afford it, can't they? Yeah, well, you know, that's, that's true. You know, our job here at Consumer Reports is to, is to tell people how to make wise decisions for spending their money. Um, now, if you're, if, and, and how to save money. Um, if if money is no object, mm-hmm. then of course do whatever you want. But it's important that you make an informed decision. Number one, you you need to if you're paying more, if you're if you're um, uh, entering buying a product or service in a way that you're you're overspending or or there's a better way to do it, uh, you need to know about that so that you're making an informed decision. At that point, if you say, you know, I'd still prefer to do it this way, mm-hmm. money is no object, or at least in this case, that's fine. But number two, often the people who are leasing are the people who can't afford to buy the new car. They're, in, they're financially constrained to start off with. And when you're in that position, to then go and acquire a car in, in the manner that is typically the most expensive way to acquire a car is a real problem. Um, uh, and, and, and the difficulty, again, when, when you're focusing on monthly payment and the dealers and the manufacturers love consumers to focus on the monthly payment, it's very difficult to get a sense of what the total cost is, particularly with leasing, because again, it, with leasing, you're, you're only, you're only paying for that portion of the car you're using, but you're being, you're being charged this finance fee that is just invisible, pretty much invisible. Yeah. So, so to compare it to, you know, people don't sit there and say, well, let's see, if I lease doing this and I do a loan, how does it work out? If I include the finance charges, if I include the sales tax, if I include all these different things. And first of all, most people don't know how to do it. There are some online lease calculators, uh, some of which give you incorrect information, by the way. So it is really a complicated thing, and people don't understand the concept. I mean, I ask people many times, do you realize you're paying a finance charge with le- with leasing? And, and they're saying no. And then you say, well, there's that little residual value, you know, the amount of the vehicle you're not you're not paying back. Do you realize you're paying the finance charges on that? And they go, well, why should I pay finance charges on a portion of the vehicle I'm not using? Well, yeah because you're not paying it back, and it makes no sense to them. So leasing just is not an intuitive thing. People don't understand it. So, yes, if you understand it and you know you're paying more or, or you're doing something that can that that is less advantageous as some other method, um, then go ahead and do it. But if you're not aware of it, you need to know. It's interesting uh, in what you just said there is that I believe it's a federal regulation that if you take a loan, they have to give you the interest rate and, and you know, um, annual percentage rate. Yep. But there's no such requirement with a lease. Yeah, leasing is interesting. Um, uh, again, there are requirements. There are federal requirements, but it has to be disclosed. But it's it, it, they call that a rent charge, by the way, the the finance charge. Yeah. But you know, when you work through the mathematics, uh, it's a it's a it's a straight finance charge on on that um, on that fee and on that on that car. And just to give you an idea, a quick little mathematical rundown, again, without being too complicated, is if, if you go and, and do a loan on a $30,000 car, mm-hmm. you are going to, think about it, when you take that car off the lot, assuming no down payment, you owe $30,000. At the, when you finish paying that loan off, you owe zero. So on average, you are paying interest every month, on average, halfway, about mm-hmm. $15,000. With a lease, on that $30,000 car, well, think, first is the 15000 residual that you're not paying back. Because remember, you're only paying back the depreciation, the right. 15000 So, first of all, there's 15000 there you're paying interest on the whole way every single month. Then, on the 
the depreciation, you know, that's another 15000 Day one, you owe 15000 The last day, you owe zero. That's about another $7,000. So the bottom line is on the lease, you're paying monthly interest on about $22,000 compared to monthly interest on $15,000 with a loan. Well. And that's what people don't understand. Now, the fact is, in most states, you get a serious sales tax break when you lease. Right. And that's because they don't they do charge you interest on the finance charges which you don't do on a loan, but you're only paying in most states sales tax on the on that on right. those lease payments. Yes. Which is about half the in this case half the value of the car plus the finance charges. So in a very low interest environment like we have right now, it is possible that that sales tax break could um offset the higher finance charges. Uh, but on top of that, you also have, you often have lease initiation fees right? Uh, that you have to pay. And, 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 you know, there are other types of, that, that's also known as the acquisition fee. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's even a, a bigger problem. And when you lease, you're putting yourself in a cycle to get a new car every what, two or three years, four years. And again, some people like to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, who would want a new car every few years? But Sounds good to me. Ab- absolutely. <laughs> but if you are one of, if you are someone who's leasing because you're you're already financially constrained, mm-hmm. and you're buying a new, uh, you're basically not buying but acquiring a new car every few years, you are acquiring a car when the depreciation, the loss of value, is greatest. You know, when you get that new car, you drive. People keep saying you drive it off the lot; it loses so much value. In those first few years, the the, the car value plummets. So at least you're you're paying most of the depreciation. You're paying huge depreciation, and you keep, and you get lost, you get stuck in that cycle. You know, if you buy the car with a loan and you keep it five, six, seven years, many of those years there's hardly any depreciation. Right. So you're benefiting from that. With the lease, what you're doing is you're paying back. The the uh, huge uh, we're talking about the first three years maybe fifty percent maybe more of the value of the car mm-hmm. and then you give the car back yeah. and now you start all over again and right. and that is huge and it puts you on the cycle all the time and the problem is you know many times people they, they, they at least they're not pre- they're not prepared you know they they hit, hit, now the lease ends and they have to maybe they lost their job maybe who mm-hmm. knows what the, how the circumstances have changed now they have to deal with that and another problem is when you're leasing if you lose your job then or or some you you get sick or something happens just try to get out of the lease deal it's you you wind up almost owing everything you you would under the original lease you might be able to swap there's a, there's a website swap a lease you know people mm-hmm. tr- can you know try and get someone to take over their lease if the if the leasing company allows it and that may require a fee but there are all those kinds of entanglements that are that just don't happen when you're when you're taking out a loan on the car and then if you know if there's if there's a problem you can always sell it or or you have much more flexibility than than you do when you're leasing for someone who uh, uh, is starting out, say a, a recent college graduate, you know, needs a car, doesn't mm. have uh, anything to trade in, doesn't have a big down payment. I could see where they go to a dealership, and they're you know looking at what can they buy, which probably isn't going to be much, you know, because of their financial situation, and then they offer them this great lease, you know, uh, a, a couple of grand up front and two hundred some dollars a month. What's wrong with that? Well, again, extremely attractive. That person mm-hmm. saying, "Wow, I can get this brand new car." But think about it: this person's in this the, who you just described is in a financial difficulty. I mean, they they don't have money set aside. Right. They're 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 um, you know they're probably going to have to start paying back student loans, and now they pick they pick this up as again another obligation that's going to end in three years, and and and. And again, they're going to have to start all over, and they're not going to own the car at the end. Now, I guess one could argue that perhaps within that three years, since they're a college graduate, they'll be in a much better position. Maybe, um, maybe. <laughs> and you know, you might you might make that argument, but right. but again, they may not be. So, uh, a lease is a is a real commitment. And you know, there's another issue too. Suppose that college graduate, you know, gets that gets that lease vehicle and gets to drive twelve thousand miles a year. 
and that college graduate gets a job locally and only winds up driving that car 4000 a year. Well, over that three-year lease, they've now paid depreciation on 36,000 miles. <laughs> And that, but they've only used three times four is 12, 12,000 miles. They've paid much more depreciation than they've actually used. Now, unless they're in a position to buy that car at the end to recover some of that overpayment, because you can buy the leased vehicle, and assuming the deal is good, they've essentially overpaid. And if they over, and, and they may or may not be able to use that to their advantage. Sometimes you can, you, the dealer will, will, give you another car and give you some benefit of that, that over mileage, but you, you can't be guaranteed that. On the other hand, if they overdrive it, then they have to start paying additional fees to compensate for the fact that the depreciation was greater than they had signed up for. Now, um, I, I have seen uh, 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 lessors, people who lease vehicles, claim that it is uh, has been beneficial for them to lease a vehicle for three years, make those payments, whatever upfront costs, then buy it, you know, at the end of lease purchase price and come out ahead. I, I do the math on these things, and almost always when you add the upfront costs, yep. the payments, and the purchase price after three years, it's basically pretty darn close to MSRP, the original price. Yes. How are they and making out? I, I but The way they're making out is they don't, they're not understanding the mechanics of it yeah. generally. People really don't understand the mechanics. And we find, we've looked at that too, and we find it's really in your interest to buy out the vehicles at the end. Usually if you try and dicker, many times uh, the the leasing companies will not allow the the dealerships to um, negotiate the buyout price. Mm-hmm. They'd rather take the, the vehicle back and lease out another one or, or have the person buy another one. It's it's usually not in your advantage, except, again, if you seriously underdrove the car, because, again, now, now you know, you, the, you may have paid, as, as I indicated, depreciation for 36,000 miles. There's only 12,000 miles on the car. It's now worth a lot more than the buyout price. But if you're someone who was in financial hardship to begin with, mm-hmm. the idea that you might have been putting away money in order to buy the car out when you're at the end is... is might be pretty remote. I mean, you might be able to do it with a loan if, if your credit's good, but these are all the kinds of decisions that you have to make when you're leasing, and if you don't understand leasing that well to begin with, it's very difficult to try and do these these kinds of calculations to determine what's what's best to do. And it, even even from our standpoint, you know, we stare at our Excel sheets on our mathematicians, and it takes us a while to actually uh, figure out what what the best thing to do in okay. many of these cases. Uh, I did some of that math, uh, and when we, we have to take another break here. When we come back, I'd just like to talk about that little bit as we continue our discussion of leasing versus buying a vehicle with Tony Giorgiani of Consumer Reports Magazine. This is Cars, Trucks, and Bucks on TalkZone.com. Back to Rick Popley. Welcome back, everyone. Today we're talking about the pluses and minuses of leasing a vehicle compared to buying one with Tony Giorgiani of Consumer Reports Magazine. If you have a question or comment, the phone lines are open. You can join the conversation by calling 888-463-6748. That's 888-463-6748. In preparation for this show, I've been looking at a lot of lease offers and crunching some numbers myself just to check how these things work out. And I did this. I did a scenario where I took a current offer in the Chicago area for a 2014 Toyota Camry LE with a uh, suggested retail price of 23715 You can lease this Camry with $2,699 upfront costs, payments of $199 a month for three years, total cost 9664 I compared that lease. In fact, I double it. Guy comes back in three years, gets another, you know, gets a 2017 Camry for the same deal or a different car for the same deal. Over six years, They'd pay about nineteen thousand three hundred bucks to buy that vehicle. You know, let's say the guy's not a good negotiator, just pretty much pays almost retail and gets zero percent financing. Same, you know, almost pays retail twenty three thousand two hundred bucks. Uh, 
$4,000 more to buy after over six years. So far, so good for leasing. But you got to maintain that car over six years. And I just kind of ballparked things you'd spend on oil changes, brakes, tires, etc. Added a little miscellaneous and came up with $2,500 in maintenance and repair costs over six years for a Camry. And you know what? You could get by with less, but I said 2500 Here's a real kicker, though. If you lease these cars, you might spend, spend as little over six years as $100 to maintain two leased cars. Pay for a couple of oil changes because the other routine maintenance is covered for, you know, that. And so after six years, I kind of estimate the total cost to buy this Camry, 25700 To lease two of them over six years, 19400 Again, looks good for leasing. But let's say you stop there after six years and you say, I'm not driving anymore. I'm going to walk and take the bus. So you sell your Camry. That Camry has an average trade-in value, according to NADA guides, of $9,000. So if you do that, if you sell that Camry, you've lowered your net cost to about $16,700 versus $19,400 to lease two of them. That's a $2,700 difference. That's where, you know, I've done a few of these scenarios, and they all seem to come out the same. When you factor in these costs and they are estimates, um, I always come out after six years, you, you know, with the lease being more expensive. Am I missing something? No. You, well, there are a couple things. Um, generally, that's what you would expect. Um, uh, one thing I, you did not take into, into account, I believe, is the sales tax. Correct. Now, generally, again, leasing you will get a sales tax break, right? except that there are a couple things to consider here. One is that you're, in this case, you're leasing a car twice as opposed to buying it once. Right. Um, so that's going to increase the sales tax. Again, you won't pay sales tax on the entire car in most states except for... Illinois. Illinois. <laughs> so Where we get nailed to the wall. You, if you <laughs> lease in Illinois, you... you you, you should drive that lease car to the to the have uh, yet examined. <laughs> I don't. I think the the lawmakers in Illinois. And I think uh, there's a couple other states or one or two other states that may be in this position. They don't charge you. They don't charge you sales tax on the the lease payment. They charge you sales tax just like you were buying the car. So right. you lose. Yes. You lose that sales tax. You lose, you, I, I, if you lease a $30,000 car uh, in Illinois, you pay tax. And for me, that is roughly 2700 bucks or more. Yeah. Now, yeah. I think so that would even further skew your numbers. Um, right. But I think I did a rough calculation. I think in, in, in most states, the I, again, I did this rough, uh, rough calculation, but it looked to me like the, this would actually benefit leasing more on a 7% sales tax rate. Actually, leasing would the difference would go down by about three hundred. Work in leasing right. by about three hundred dollars. But, but in in Illinois, I think the the legislators there must must be hearing from the anti leasing lobby or something. I don't know because uh, it's 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 uh, for years I've looked at I've I've worn a hole in my head scratching 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 it from figuring out what Illinois is doing with that. You, you know how you can make it worse. Yeah, you can live in the city of Chicago and lease a car. They add uh, an eight percent use tax onto the payments. Ah, uh, well, well, <laughs> well, that that just goes to that even further makes my case. I like when you give me ammunition here. Yeah, welcome, um, <laughs> welcome to Illinois, the pay me state. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, one thing, and I think you would point pointed this out is that um, when you're leasing, of course, you're getting a new you're getting a new car yes. every every yes, year. and and maybe twenty seven hundred isn't that much more to pay is right that, that, o- over six years. You know, yep. people yep. look at that and say, "Hey, that's four hundred fifty bucks a year. I can live with that." Yeah, but it's sort of answering the wrong question ah. because the 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 real question is not, "Well, isn't twenty seven hundred dollars okay to if I'm going to get a new car every three years, or or isn't leasing okay because it lets me get a new lets me get it? I'll use that word with quotes around it. Get mm-hmm. a new car if it kind of forces you. The real question <laughs> is: Is there a way to 
get a new car, if you really have to get a new car every few years, and we already discussed why that's a really bad idea because of the high depreciation levels, whether you're leasing it or you're doing it with a loan. But is there some other way that I could get a new car every few years if I absolutely have to do that mm-hmm. without paying that, that extra money? And there absolutely is. And it's a How's trick. that? Oh, I'm going to give you, I hope everybody's sitting down because this is an amazing trick. <laughs> All right, here we go. I didn't come up with it. I forgot where I read it, but whoever did is just, just genius. The first time you buy the car, do get, buy a car that you can afford. This is what we say anyway. With a, no more than 48-month loan, whatever that is. It may be, I don't know what it, but, you know, buy, buy a car that you can, you know, put a down payment, then you need a 48-month loan. And of course, you should be saving. You should have a car fund where you have money to put down and have a down payment. That's, that's great for a whole bunch of reasons. So you now have a four-year loan. Pay it off in four years. Let's say it's that $30,000 car. You pay it off in four years. Now, you own a car that's worth, what, $15,000, using our little scenario for mm-hmm. before. Um, now you buy the car again, but you take you trade it in, and you're trading in fifteen thousand dollars equity there. Mm-hmm. Now the next loan you have to take out is not another thirty thousand; it's only fifteen thousand, and that will and that will give you a lease-like payment without the additional finance charges. As a matter of fact, this this will this will. Will will make you go crazy. I think I said in the beginning, without getting too complicated, that mm-hmm. when you lease that Camry, you were paying interest on something like twenty two thousand dollars a month, compared to fifteen thousand dollars a month when you took out a loan. Mm-hmm. The second time around, well, the lease is going to be the same. You're leasing another, assuming the price didn't go up. Another right. Camry, you're paying interest on twenty two thousand dollars a month on average. With the loan, now you're only taking out a $15,000 loan. On average, and this is an estimate because loans don't quite work like this, you'll be paying interest on only $7,500 a month. Think about this again. With the lease, you're paying interest, monthly interest on uh, what's called a monthly balance of $22,000. With the loan the second time around, you're paying interest on a balance of only Okay, you're you're saying that the average balance on what you're paying yeah, interest every month is seventy five hundred bucks. Okay, right. They're applying a finance charge right. every month to the to the amount you haven't paid back. On average, with the lease on a thirty thousand dollar car with again fifteen thousand dollar depreciation, that's about that's the monthly interest rate times twenty two thousand dollars on average. Let's let's say after four years, your that that uh, thirty thousand dollar car is worth twelve thousand as a trade in. Does this still work? Yeah, sure. Because you're, you're decreasing. You're decreasing now. Twelve thousand is probably going to be uh, after four years. It's probably it's probably going to be less because fifty percent figure after three years maybe a little bit a little bit less than fifty right. percent. Four years probably less. But yes, you have equity now, and you can roll that equity into the new vehicle and take out a loan um, for much less. And not only. Are you paying? You have the the average daily balance, but remember, if you trade in the vehicle, and I don't know how it works in Illinois because you guys, it's a little crazy out there, but um, you usually get a sales tax yes, right yes, for the amount of the trade in. Right, you so you, you deduct pay- that from the purchase price and don't pay tax. Absolutely. Amount, yeah. So now we said there was that sales tax break you get on the lease, um, but except in Chicago, in uh, Illinois. But in most parts of the country, but now when you trade in that car on on the loan, you're getting a sales tax break. So it sort of wipes out the sales tax benefit you would get on the lease, uh-huh. and you're paying much less fi- fi- much lower finance charges, and you don't have any of the hassles of a lease. You don't have to worry about if you drive it too much, you drive it too little, and it is. And then after that. After three years after that, if you really want to trade in the car again, you'll have another 15000 And if you want to upscale the car, well, when you trade it in, maybe instead of buying another $30,000 car, you buy a $35,000 car. And as you keep doing it, you might want to increase it a little bit. So what winds up happening is that if you can buy it the first time and build up that equity, that equity is yours to use for, for every every time you buy a new car, assuming – you know, you don't wait 20 years, and now it's old and right. has no equity. But if you really need to buy a cover for years, that's the way to do it. So just to recap, first time, buy it on a loan, pay it off, 
and then when you buy the car again, trade in the car, and you'll have a payment that's going to be less than you would under the lease without any hassle. Okay, well, it, it's dramatic. You mentioned a, a four-year loan as as being you know appropriate or, or yeah. ideal. Why is that? Why four years? Well, because there's a couple things that happen. First of all. You know, you start these huge loans, as we talked about earlier on, mm-hmm. just, you know, you have huge interest payments. They're huge commitments. The car starts falling apart before you get it paid off. The, the average loan, I think, is 67 months it, now. It's absurd. Yeah. And it's uh, going back to the same thing we talked about before with the, with the um, interest-only payments on houses. You know, these are gimmicks. These mm-hmm. are gimmicks to get people to pick up more than they can afford. And I know on the loan issue, of course, there's the, the upside-down issue, which is right. is when you when you drive the car, well, whenever you drive a car for a lot, unless you put down a substantial down payment, it loses so much value that that if you would, if that car was destroyed immediately, your insurance would not cover the, the, the what you still owe on the vehicle. Right. But the longer the loan, and we did a we, we did a big mock up on this last year. We actually looked at it. We did a big curve to show at what point in a loan do you wind up building equity in the vehicle? Or at what point is the vehicle worth more than what you're you've paid on it so that if you wreck it you'll get enough insurance to cover your loss or if you want to trade it in you won't still have that old loan rolled in with the new one. How long was that? Uh it it varied. It varied, but Depending upon the amount of loan, but mm-hmm. what we did what we did find is that these really long term loans it was it was way out there. I see. So um, the, the what you want to do is what you really want to do is don't go above forty eight. If if okay. you if if you need to go above forty eight, taking into account the down payment, you can't afford the car. Okay, that's, that's hold, hold that thought. We'll pick it up because okay. we have to pause for our last sure. break here. When we come back, we'll continue our discussion with Tony Giorgiani of Consumer Reports Magazine about buying and leasing a vehicle. This is Cars, Trucks, and Bucks on TalkZone.com. Back to Rick Popley. Welcome back, everyone. My guest is Tony Giorgiani, a finance writer with Consumer Reports Magazine, and we are discussing whether you should buy or lease your next vehicle. If you have a question or comment, call us at 888-463-6748. Again, that is 888-463-6748. Four, eight. Just before the break, uh, Tony, you said, if I remember correctly, that if you can't afford to pay back a loan in, in 48 months, four years, you can't afford that car, correct? Yes. I know that has a lot of your listeners probably going, what? what? I've got a 45-year loan on my car. <laughs> i got a mortgage on my car. What's this guy talking about? <laughs> but dealers, really, are, uh, dealers are groaning and moaning. Oh, yeah. they... <laughs> that, that we have we have ambulances running all over <laughs> picking them up off their floor if they suggest. Look, the fact of the matter is we just went through this financial meltdown because people did uh, took all these kinds of little tricks um, to to afford things to buy things or acquire things they couldn't afford. You need to act responsibly. You know, it's really in your bulk in your court, just because someone is willing to give you a 25-year loan on a car, and I'm exaggerating there, right. but they're, they're coming yet, doesn't mean you have to take it. And, and you know, what you want to do is set yourself up a budget, and I don't mean something complicated where, you know, you're comparing how much you're spending on dog grooming compared to, uh, I don't know, shampoo, but, you know, take stock of how much you're bringing in, what your costs are, try and get your costs out of control, and put money away, put it into a into a fund to buy a new car or, you know, and do repairs on things, you know, set up a, a fund, get, get that money there. That, that fund's also good in case you lose your job, you know? And, um, and then when, then, then you'll have a nice down payment on a car. You'll reduce that, that again, that, that upside down period where, where you owe much more than, mm-hmm. the, than the, than the car's worth. And, and you'll also be able to afford to buy the thing without having to commit yourself to a lifelong uh, series of car payments, and 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 of course, if you're leasing, then it be, really becomes a lifelong series because you never get off of that little that little uh, roller coaster. Um, one thing I should point out, by the way, the, the make, there, it probably makes sense to lease in one scenario. 
if your intention is to take a really long car loan, like, you know, 96 months or 84 months, right. and trade that car in very early, you know, the first year or so, you probably haven't paid much more than, than interest on that loan. Right, right. So, so you're going to get killed. You don't want to do that. Well, but, uh, uh, Tony, a lot of people do. I, I saw something recently that something like 27% of uh, vehicle purchases that had a trade-in, yeah. the, the, the guy trading it in was uh, upside down, 27%. Yeah, that's huge. But it's not only yeah. the upside down issue. It's just that it's just such a bad deal because mm-hmm. you're, paying, you're not paying much of the principal on the car. You're paying the, the, the interest. So you have very little equity built into the vehicle, and you're 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 just you're just killing yourself financially. Mm-hmm. The main thing, if you really try, try to go for that forty-eight month. Get that car down. You know, I, I don't need to drive a Mercedes. I, I'm driving a '92 Ford Explorer. Believe it or not, <laughs> just having some little rust issues done on it. I like it anyway because it's got the the metal bumpers that you don't find mm-hmm. on cars anymore. But uh, you know, and that car is free for me. You know, it's it's not depreciating. Um, and and I you know I'm socking the money away in the bank. But the main thing you don't have to all right you don't have to keep a car for 22 years. I'm not advocating that. Right. But but you know keep it for a reasonable amount of time. Get a look at consumer reports. I hate to push us because I sound like a shill, but when it comes to car you know reliability, that's where we excel. If you can't afford it, go out to the library and get it. You know, and and look at those car. Those, those car reliability reports. Get a reliable car. Take care of it the way the manufacturer, not the dealer, the way the manufacturer says in the back of the manual. Do everything you're supposed to do. Try doing it yourself if you can. Oil changes and stuff. Don't and and that car will, and just hold on to it. You know, get something you like. Just keep it up. Do the little things. And I'll tell you that, that you'll be happy with it, and you won't be sitting there looking at a zero balance bank account that, that makes you wonder where, you, where all your money's going. And again, the, the main thing with leasing, just because you're paying that low monthly payment doesn't mean that in the long run you're not getting killed because generally you are. Uh, and again, in this environment where the interest rates are very low, it's possible it's it's equalizing out. But again, you're on that constant buy a new car roller coaster, constantly paying off that massive depreciation in the first few years. You need to give yourself a break. You know, mm-hmm. get a car that's reliable, keep it for a while, at least till you pay it off, and um, maybe even further. And that's like free money in the bank. And then keep a nice savings account so that when it comes time to buy the car next time, you can put down $10,000. Or like me, if I was going to buy a car, I'm paying cash because I'm not paying anybody any interest. But maybe I'm, I'm not typical. But, um, you know, you, you need to be responsible. You mm-hmm. just, again, and just because someone's, I'll repeat it, just because someone's willing to give you a long loan doesn't mean you have to take it. Okay. All uh, right? T- two finance-related uh, questions there. You, yeah. you you mentioned paying cash. There are those yeah. who argue that one of the benefits of leasing, for example, is that you don't put out a lot of cash, and yeah. you get to use that money for other things. Yet you yep. just uh, suggested paying cash for a car. Yeah, yeah well, look. You know, it's kind of funny because I've had people say that to me, especially leasing experts. These, mm-hmm. these car guys are like, well, you know, you don't, a car is a depreciating, depreciating right. asset and you don't want to tie up your money into a depreciating asset. Well, what you do at least is you're tying up someone else's money in a depreciating asset and they're charging you interest on it. <laughs> That's my answer to that. Okay. So, and the fact is, look, yes, you, it, Here's another way that leasing will definitely benefit you. If you take the monthly amount that you don't spend on a loan and buy lottery tickets, and one of them comes in at $500 million, <laughs> leasing will benefit you in that case. Now, is that, is that considered a long shot? Well, you know, I don't, yeah, it does to me. But, uh, but I'm, looking, I'm, I'm pulling at straws here to try to give you an example. Um, look at it this way. The leasing company... They're a bank. They're a mm-hmm. finance company. They're giving out. They're lending you the money at certain interest rate. If they could take that money and get a lot more elsewhere, they're not going to be in the leasing business. So, you know, the idea that you're going to be borrowing this money on the release at, at, at a certain interest rate and then and then investing it and guaranteeing yourself an after-tax return that somehow is dramatically mm-hmm. better is is probably not. Um, it's probably not going to happen, you know, and, and uh, it, it, you know, it's much more, it, it makes much more sense to just be responsible, you know, p- try and save up as much cash, put as much down, 
And yes, you'll be carrying the equity in the car. And while it's being carried, and what you said earlier, by the way, just because you have equity in the car and you haven't sold it, doesn't mean you don't have value there. So when you do the, the calculations, you need to deduct the equity in that car, whether you sell it or whether you're still okay. holding on to that car, because it's a value that you own. So it's important to do that. And the other thing is, you know, it's possible that some lease offer may do better than some loan offer. It may be the, the they want a lease and they're throwing in some incredible incentive into the lease. You know, they're, they're, they're doing a very low interest rate or they're raising that residual value, subsidizing it, and they're not doing that for the loan. But, you know, that's why I like to compare equal, equal. Because in that case, what you're doing is you're, you're comparing a subsidized deal, whatever it is, to a non-subsidized deal. And that could happen between two loans or two different leases or a lease and a loan. So it doesn't say anything necessarily. But, um, you know, the, really the bottom line here is own that car, you know, and get enough to put a down payment, four-year loan maximum, and, and, and you'll feel happy. You'll have money in the bank, hopefully, and um, and uh, and you'll feel better better about it. Last thing you want to do is have one of these 96-month loans or a lifetime of rec- recurring leases, and you got nothing in the bank, and you're constantly owing somebody something. Because that's not the way we really want to live in this country, I don't think. And and again, all you're doing when you do that is you're you're letting the the dealers and the manufacturers jack up the prices because they know you have your attention on the monthly payment, and you're not arguing with them. And there's no societal pressure to keep the prices down because uh, there's, you know, I saw a 96 month loan the other day. I was like, God, no. yeah, right. It's, it's like you, you're just living to pay off the the bank and think of the interest and think of the upside down period. So these are all little gimmicks. You don't need to bite. You need to, you know, um, think think it through. But and again, big problem with leasing. People don't understand it. Very difficult to compare a lease and a loan. Even though I'm sure you found this in your own. Uh, analysis here, and there's all these little factors. So um, yeah, we've uh, done it many times, and what I'm I'm speaking from is is really a lot of experience and having looked at the, play these leasing. Okay, and there there are calculators to do this uh, on Consumer Reports website, correct? Yeah, there are some leasing yes. calculators. Okay. Uh, I right. haven't looked at them recently, but also at Bankrate.com has a leasing calculator. Okay. But some of these calculators out there, I'm not saying ours or, or Bankrates, but some others uh, don't provide the right numbers okay. when it comes to leasing. Tony, you've been a uh, refreshing cold bucket of water on, this, right. uh, on this subject, <laughs> <laughs> cooling us all down where we're all hot and bothered about leasing a car. So right. thank you very much for taking the time uh, to be with us today. It's been a real pleasure. Okay, take care. That was Tony Giorgiani, finance writer with Consumer Reports Magazine. And that is all the time we have for this week's episode of Cars, Trucks, and Bucks. Please join us next week when we will discuss another topic that will help you make smarter choices about buying and owning a vehicle. Until then, please visit my website, carstrucksandbucks.com, for more information about next week's show, news updates, and vehicle reviews. Thanks again to today's guest, Tony Giorgiani of Consumer Reports Magazine, and thanks to you for listening. This is Rick Popley saying so long, everyone.